Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Stone Co. First Quarter 2021 Earnings Conference Call. By now, everyone should have access to our earnings release. The company also posted a presentation to go along with its call. All material can be found at www.stoneco.co on the Investor Relations tab. Throughout the conference call, the company will be presenting non-IFRS financial information, including adjusted net income and adjusted free cash flow. These are important financial measures for the company, but not our financial measures are defined as IFRS. Reconciliations of the company's non-IFRS financial information to the IFRS financial information appear in today's press release. Finally, before we begin our, fi our formal remarks, excuse me, I would like to remind everyone that today's discussion might include forward-looking statements. These statements, these forward-looking statements are not guarantees of future performance and therefore you should not put undue reliance on them. These statements are subject to numerous risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from the company's expectations. Besides, we would like to remind you that the Lynx acquisition is pending regulatory approval by the Brazilian Antitrust Authority and management comments are based on only on publicly available information. Please refer to the forward-looking statements disclosure on the company's earnings press release. In addition, many of these risks are regarding business and disclosed in the company's Form 20F filed with the Securities, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is available at www.sec.gov. Please note this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to your host, Rafael Martins, Vice President of Finance and Investor Relations Officer at StoneCo. Please proceed, sir. Thank you, Operator, and good evening, everyone. Joining us here today, we have Thiago Piau, our CEO, Lia Matos, our COO and Chief Strategy Officer, and Marcela Baldin, our CFO. Today, we will present our operational and financial metrics for the first quarter 2021 results and discuss some trends that we are observing in the second quarter. I will pass it over to Thiago so he can share with you the key messages regarding the quarter and future outlook. Thiago? Thank you, Rafa, and good evening, everyone. While Brazil faced the challenging situation with the second wave of COVID in the first quarter, we continue to work hard to stay close to our clients and bring to them the best service and solutions we envision. We monitored our clients' activity closely as well as how vaccinations and economic activity evolved in Brazil and in other countries. And based on our experience with lockdowns last year, recent client transactional data, and learnings from the dynamics of countries where vaccines are widespread, we expect that once vaccinations scale, which we expect in the second half of 2021, the economic recovery will be fast. And although delayed, looks like Brazil is moving in the right direction. In order to be the fastest player when our economy comes back to normal levels, in the first quarter, we decided to increase investments in our operation. We have a high quality and solid core business in terms of growth, profitability, and cash flow generation that continues to scale both in client base and CPV, while also increasing engagement of clients with new solutions. Our core SMB business presented strong growth metrics in the quarter and to date. As Leah will detail shortly, our active payment clients in SMBs grew 67% in the quarter versus last year, achieving 857.8 thousand active clients. 257 thousand clients are active in our digital accounts, and of those, 188 thousand use it 
as their banking domicile, selling all their transactions in the Stone account. Overall, SMB CPV grew 45% in the first quarter versus last year, with strong acceleration in the second quarter to date. CPV grew 121.6% in April and 111.2% in May up to May 20th. While April and May compared to weaker comps due to lockdowns in the second quarter of 2020, we still see strong growth acceleration when looking at a two-year CAGR of 42.5% and 50.2% annual growth, respectively, in April and May to date. In terms of revenue and profitability in our core SMB operation, our take rates decreased from 2.2% in the first quarter 20 to 1.9% in the first quarter 21, due to additional provisions on our credit product caused by commerce restrictions. Excluding these effects, we believed our take rates would have been 2.22%. Even though we have experienced 116 million impact in revenue reduction, our credit portfolio grew and remains healthy, reaching a risk-adjusted return net of funding costs between 1.5 and 1.9% on a monthly basis, despite the short-term impact from COVID. We continue to evolve in our strategy to fund our product with third-party capital and thus limit our exposure to credit risk. We have recently concluded another issuance of FIDIC, raising additionally $340 million in third-party capital. In total, we have now available $833 million in third-party funding to be disbursed in our credit operation. Regarding our vision and product evolution, we are building a complete financial operating system for SMBs. In the past, we took the approach of building separate solutions as it was the best way to grow fast, learn about the market, and gather client feedback. We have now decided to integrate our solution set, and we have already migrated approximately 70% of Stone SMB client base to our new platform. Regarding our software strategy, we will continue to invest in and acquire brick-and-mortar POS and ERP solutions built by great people and focused on strategic verticals where we have great chance of integrating our financial operating system and executing on the digitization of commerce in order to help our clients to sell online. The acquisition of links, which is still pending antitrust approval, is a big step towards our vision and will broaden our vertical coverage as well expand our set of digital solutions. With this acquisition, we would reach 1.1 billion annualized performer revenue in software. By executing both on the Stone SMB core business and our software strategy, we believe that we will be in a much stronger position to capture the evolution of the approximately 4.7 trillion reais GMV of household consumption. We seek to be the player that best help our merchants to do business and reach consumers. To that extent, our investment in Banco Inter and the commercial partnerships we are building will be very accretive in terms of learning and new experiences. We are very confident in the growth of our car business and excited with the opportunities ahead. We will work hard as protagonists in the financial and commerce revolution of our country, finding the best people we can and serving our client with maximum care and devotion. With that said, I will pass it over to Leah. Leah? 
Thank you, Tiago, and good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I want to start our presentation on page three by highlighting that Brazil went through a second wave of COVID in the first quarter of 21, which imposed commerce restrictions in several cities throughout the country. Those restrictions were felt by our clients, with average TPV reaching a low in the end of March. But similar to the behavior we saw in the comeback from the first lockdown in 2020, we already observed significant and quick recovery, with average TPV in May achieving levels above January 2021. As Thiago mentioned, we expect that once vaccinations scale, the economic recovery of the country will be fast. In page four, we show our decision to increase investments in the growth of our business. We want to be ready to accelerate growth when our economy comes back to normal levels. Indeed, when we compare to the previous quarter, we increased our sales team headcount by 24% and our marketing investments by 33% to ramp up our distribution capacity. We expanded tech headcount by 20% to further drive the evolution of our platform and solutions. And we increased our customer service and logistics teams by 32% to continue to bring the best service to our clients as our operation continues to scale. In page five, I want to highlight the performance of our SMB business. From now on, when we refer to SMBs, we are referring to our brick and mortar SMBs, SMBs that sell online to Pagarmi, and Tom, our micro merchant solution. We continue expanding our SMB client base, which has increased 67% year over year, reaching close to 858,000 clients in the first quarter of 2021 with quarterly net addition of clients of 138,000. From those, over 62,000 are coming from online and offline SMBs, and close to 77,000 are coming from Tone, a strong acceleration when compared to last year. With the strong growth in Tone, we are excited with the opportunity to become a relevant player in the micro-merchant space. The number of open digital banking accounts increased to over 658,000, 30% higher than the previous quarter and 5.4 times higher than the first quarter of 2020. Clients with an active digital banking account reached more than 237,000, demonstrating an increasing level of engagement. From now on, we will only disclose the number of active accounts. Also, within these accounts, more than 188,000 clients are already using Stone as their main settlement account. The number of clients using our working capital solutions also grew significantly. The number of clients using credit increased threefold year over year, reaching more than 102,000 in the first quarter of 2021, and the percentage of clients with prepayments grew from 62% in the first quarter of 2020 to 67% this quarter, a five percentage points increase. Moving over to page six, we show the TPV evolution of our SMB operation, which grew 45% year over year in the first quarter and has accelerated to 122% in April and 111% in May up to the 20th of the month. Looking at a two-year CAGR to normalize the effect from weaker April and May in 2020, we see our SMB clients' TPV accelerating growth in May to over 50% two-year CAGR, even with the impact of COVID in 2020 and 2021. 
In phase seven, we highlight the performance of our credit operation in the quarter. Our take rates decrease as a result of an increase in our credit provisions and financial incentives to clients due to commerce restrictions imposed by COVID's second wave. This measure brought a negative impact in our results of 116 million reais, or 35 basis points, in the SMB take rates. With that, our take rates in SMBs decreased from 2.2% in the first quarter of 2020 to 1.87% in the first quarter of 2021. If we were to exclude these effects, we believe our take rates would have been 2.22%. Even though we have experienced this impact, our credit portfolio has grown and remains healthy, with monthly returns between 2.1 and 2.5%, or between 1.5 and 1.9% when we already discount the funding costs. The total credit portfolio grew from 1.5 billion in the fourth quarter of 2020 to 1.9 billion in the first quarter of 2021. We continue to evolve in our strategy to fund our products with third-party capital and thus limit our exposure to credit risk. As of the second quarter 2021, we have concluded another issuance of FIGIC, raising an additional 340 million reais in third-party capital. We now have a total of 833 million available in funding to be disbursed in our credit operation. This second FIGIC was raised at a cost of CDI plus 3.76%, versus CDI plus 4.88% in the first issuance, lowering our marginal cost of funds by 112 basis points. As we show on page 8, the traction and engagement of our ABC platform continues to increase. The heavy users of the platform, defined as clients being active in payments, credit, and banking products, reached 7.7% of the total in the first quarter of 21 compared to 5.3% in the previous quarter and only 0.4% one year ago. Also, we saw more clients being active in at least two financial solutions, with the number growing from 34% in the fourth quarter to 41% in the first quarter of 2021. On page 9, we discuss our vision and product evolution. As Thiago mentioned, we're building a complete financial operating system for SMBs, online and offline. We have gotten to where we are today by developing different solution sets to help our SMB clients with their financial needs. We built the ABC platform to help brick-and-mortar SMBs with an integrated payment, banking, and working capital offering. This was an important step to drive the activation of new financial solutions beyond payments. We have already migrated approximately 70% of the SMB client base to this new platform and continue to see increased engagement. At the same time, we have enabled SMB clients to sell online through our Pargarmi platform. More recently, we launched our Tone solution for micro-merchants, and we have also acquired additional solutions to help our clients with value-added services, such as reconciliation and loyalty. As we have increased scale in those solutions, looking ahead, we have taken the challenge to integrate Pargarmi SMB and Tone products into the unified experience of the ABC platform. As shown on this page, I want to highlight the elements of this platform in four feature sets. Money in, in which we enable our clients to collect money from their sales in cards and other non-cash payment methods, such as PICs, wire transfers, boletos, and vouchers. 
We're evolving to enable reconciliation of all payment methods and providers, as well as online sales with risk management and chargeback disputes. One of the most mission critical needs of our clients is working capital, and we address those needs both through prepayment and loans. Once our clients cash in their sales using our platform and can take working capital solutions to help them grow their business, we want to help them with a complete set of money out features, such as bill, tax, and boleto payments, wire transfers, peaks, and card to pay other business-related expenses and withdraw cash. We are working hard to launch our payroll feature so our clients can pay their employees in a simple way. As our solution evolves, we will offer value-added services integrated to our core platform, such as loyalty and CRM. Now, I want to show you some metrics to illustrate the evolution of these fronts. In page 10 and 11, we show engagement metrics of the current users of the platform. While our TPV grew 45% when compared to the previous year, banking money and volumes, which include mainly Fed, Pics, and Boletos, grew 4.6-fold year-over-year to 2.6 billion reais. Finally, our total account balance grew five times, reaching nearly 614 million in the quarter. In money out, prepaid card CPV grew close to five times year-over-year, reaching nearly 219 million in the first quarter, driven by increasing penetration and adoption of cards within our overall client base. Banking money out volumes composed by TED, PIX, Boleto, and Bill payments grew 5.7 times year over year, reaching close to 9 billion reais in the first quarter. Our working capital solutions also continue to scale, with credit portfolio increasing to 1.9 billion, while we increase the percentage of the portfolio being funded with third-party capital, up from 4% in the fourth quarter 2020 to 17% in the first quarter 2021, as I already mentioned. As of today, we have 833 million reais in third-party funding for our credit solutions. Additionally, in prepayment, we were able to grow the total prepaid volume in the segment by 38% year-over-year, fulfilling all our clients' working capital needs during this challenging environment. Moving on to pages 12 and 13, we show how our vision and software has evolved. Back in the second quarter of 2019, we communicated our vision to investors, and since then, we have taken several steps in the direction of helping merchants of all sizes with their workflow tools to drive their digitization and growth. As Tiago already mentioned, we have taken the approach to invest in and acquire POS and ERP software businesses with two main opportunities for value creation. Number one, to upsell financial services, and number two, select segments where we could help drive the digitization of commerce. The acquisition of links, which is still pending antitrust approval, is a big step in achieving our vision and will broaden our vertical strategy as well as expand our set of digital solutions. On page 13, we highlight where we are in the evolution of our vision and how the links acquisition will enhance our software ecosystem. In POS and ERP solutions, our current ecosystem covers retail, food, and service verticals for SMBs. With links, we will expand to new verticals such as fashion, pharma, and gas stations and gain strength in mid-large clients. Our strategy will continue to be driven by expanding presence in strategic verticals through M&A and continuing to support organic growth within each vertical. Additionally, with links, we will enhance our presence in digital. 
by helping large brick-and-mortar merchants to go omni-channel through links as OMS, as well as SMB and mid-large retailers to sell directly to their consumers through e-commerce platform, marketplace gateway, and food delivery apps. We help our clients engage with social media, and with LinkSimple's products, we will expand the offering of engagement tools and help merchants better attract and engage with new consumers. Moving to page 14, we bring some numbers that show our evolution in software. Our performer revenue reached 55.2 million reais in the first quarter of 2021, with organic growth of 43% year over year. If we include numbers from links, Proforma revenue would have reached 285.8 million reais, growing 16% year over year. In annualized terms, our combined revenue would have reached over 1.1 billion reais. From this quarter onwards, we decided to exclude from our reported numbers of subscribed software clients the SMB clients using our reconciliation and loyalty tools, since those solutions are being integrated in the ABC platform and will be treated as value-added services. With that, we have reached 133,000 clients in the first quarter of 2021. Combined with links, total client figures would have reached 202,000 in the quarter. On pages 15 and 16, we bring the evolution of our client base and perform our revenue by segment. But from those, I would like to highlight two important data points. First, we reached 174.7 million reais pro former revenues in POS and ERP solutions with 47.9 thousand clients and SMBs. And second, we reached 1.6 billion reais in GMV in digital solutions, considering both e-commerce platform, OMS, and food delivery apps. Finally, we seek to be the player that can best help our merchants to do business and reach consumers. Our investment in Banco Inter that we discuss on page 17 and the commercial partnerships that we intend to build with them will be an important step in that direction. For those not familiar with Banco Inter, it is a leading digital bank in Brazil with a growing 10 million active client base and a complete suite of products and services to individuals, including banking, marketplace, credit, insurance, and investments. We're investing up to 2.5 billion reais for a maximum of 4.99% stake in Inter. Also, we will have a seat on their board, and we will be entitled with a right of first refusal for a period of six years and according to certain price thresholds in case of change of control. We have already engaged with Inter's team regarding commercial partnerships, such as to connect stone merchants to Inter Shop, their fast-growing marketplace, driving the digitization of stone merchant base, and providing a multi-channel journey for Inter Shop consumers, to enable a seamless mobile payments experience between Inter consumers and stone merchants, both online and offline and to leverage interest funding capabilities to increase efficiency in Stone's working capital solutions, as well as give inter-clients access to new investment opportunities in fixed income through the offering of PGIC. We're excited to work closely with Inter's team to drive the conversion to its consumers and Stone's merchants, and we will update you in the future about advancements in our commercial partnerships. Lastly, on page 18, I want to give a quick update on Pargarmi Key Accounts, our fintech-as-a-service business. We continue to see short-term headwinds in TPV and revenues and expect this trend to continue in the short term. 
That said, we want to highlight that this is a more volatile business and that the representativeness to our earnings is very small, despite being more relevant in TPV. Although we will continue to evolve Pagami Key Account offering to a broader set of features, such as banking as a service and credit as a service, Pagami Focus will be inclined towards digital native SMBs and the integration with the ABC platform. In the first quarter of 2021, TPV increased by 21% to $18.2 billion. In the second quarter to date, up to May 20th, TPV has increased by 26% year-over-year. Take rates have decreased from 1.1% in the first quarter of 2020 to 0.8% in the first quarter of 2021, a decrease of 30 basis points, mainly a result of lower prepayment rates, which were impacted by lower CDI rates in Brazil. Take rate net of funding cost has decreased from 0.55% in the first quarter of 2020 to 0.45% in the first quarter of 2021, a decrease of 10 basis points. With that, I will pass it over to Rafael, who will discuss our financial results in more detail. Rafa? Thanks, Leah. Starting on page 19, we show that, as Leah said, given the volatility in commerce activity as a result of the pandemic, we have decided to increase provisions for expected losses, which, together with financial incentives to our clients, has impacted negatively our consolidated revenue in the first quarter of 2021 by almost 116 million reais and our adjusted net margins by 5.2 percentage points. Our consolidated take rate ex corona voucher decreased from 1.81% in the first quarter of 2020 to 1.63% in the first quarter of 2021, with a 23 basis points negative impact from the effect I just mentioned. This was a similar level of take rate compared to last quarter, when we reported a 1.64% take rate ex corona voucher. Total revenue and income grew from 716.8 million reais in the first quarter of 2020 to 867.7 million reais in the first quarter of 2021, a 21% increase year over year. In terms of margins, we had a 21.6% adjusted net margin this quarter. We are already seeing much better trends for our top line in the second quarter, as indicated by Leah before. Moving to slide 20, we show the evolution of the number of active payment clients, TPV, and revenue. Despite the COVID impacts, our payment client base grew by 34.5% when compared to the first quarter 2020, reaching 722.3 thousand clients, excluding Tone. Tone has reached 190.3 thousand active clients, posting a record net ad in the quarter of 76.6 thousand clients. Our consolidated CPV grew by 35.5% in the first quarter 2021. For the second quarter, due to the strong performance in the first months of the period and easier comps, we expect a significant acceleration in the TPV growth. On slide 21, we discussed our operating leverage and profitability. Our operating leverage was impacted by lower revenue due to the increase of credit provisions and financial incentives to clients, headwinds from COVID-19 in our volumes, and as Thiago mentioned, our decision to keep investing in our business aiming to accelerate growth. Also, financial expenses increased as a percentage of total revenue and income due to the combination of a higher base rate in the country, mark-to-market from short-term investments, 
and the revenue impacts that I just mentioned. With that, our adjusted net margin was 21.6%, roughly in line with the first quarter of 2020. Now, going over in more detail on each P&L line item on page 22, we see that we had stronger growth in our revenue from transaction activities, which grew 40% year on year, and also in subscription services and equipment rental, which grew 50% year over year. Both lines presented higher year-over-year growth than we saw last year in the first quarter of 2020. Our financial income revenue line grew 2.6% year-over-year, mainly due to the higher provisions in our credit business and declines in prepayment rates in Pagarmi key accounts, which were influenced by lower CDI rates in Brazil. Our cost of services reached 239.7 million reais, or 27.6% of total revenue and income, an increase of 6.7 percentage points over the first quarter of 2020. This increase was mainly due to higher investments in our technology and customer support teams, costs associated to our software solutions, higher data center costs to support our operation, and the increase in the unit cost of chargebacks. When compared to the previous quarter, cost of services as a percentage of revenue increased 6.3 percentage points, primarily because of operational deleverage from lower revenue, higher investments in new solutions, brand fees related to the increase in the unit cost of chargebacks, higher POS depreciation, mainly in tone, as a result of significant increase in its client base, and higher investments in our customer support team. Administrative expenses were 117.6 million reais, or 13.6% of total revenue and income, 3.2 percentage points higher than the prior year period, mainly due to the expenses associated with our software solutions. When compared to the previous quarter, administrative expenses increased from 12.2% of total revenue and income to 13.6%, mainly due to lower revenue. Selling expenses were 162.8 million reais in the quarter, or 18.8% of revenue, 3.2% percentage points higher than in the prior year period, mostly explained by higher market investments, mainly in tone. Compared to previous quarter, it increased 4.8 percentage points as a percentage of revenue, mostly explained by the lower revenue, the increase in our Salesforce headcount, and higher marketing expenses. Financial expenses were 92.5 million reais, a decrease of 37.7% compared to the prior year, mainly explained by lower cost of funds, driven by both the lower base rate and higher use of own cash to fund the prepayment operation, which more than compensated the higher volumes in the quarter. When compared to the previous quarter, financial expenses as a percentage of total revenue and income increased from 6.4% to 10.7%, mainly explained by lower revenue and higher cost of funds explained by the higher Brazilian base interest rate. Other operating expenses were 41.5 million reais in the quarter, compared to 3.5 million reais in the first quarter of 2020. This difference is mainly related to unusually low share-based expense in the first quarter of 2020, related to lower tax and social charges provisions due to high depreciation of shares in that quarter, and fair value adjustments of call options related to affiliates, labor contingencies, and tax claims, which together impacted other operating expenses in the first quarter of 2021. When compared to the previous quarter, other operating expenses were 54%, or 4.2 percentage points, lower as a percentage of our revenue. 
This lower figure is mostly related to a higher share base expense in connection to the tax and social charges provisions resulting from the appreciation of shares in the fourth quarter, the 10 million reais donation to help with the construction of a factory for the production of COVID-19 vaccines also in the last quarter, and higher than usual POS losses due to the COVID-19 impact in SMBs in the fourth quarter. Turning to cash flow on page 23, we reported negative adjusted free cash flow of 299.8 million reais in the first quarter of 2021, compared to a negative 122.3 million reais reported in the first quarter of 2020. The adjusted free cash flow figure of the first quarter 2021 was impacted by 230 million in prepaid marketing expenses as a result of the agreement with Grupo Globo, 160 million reais in prepaid POS purchases, and 46 million reais in prepaid software licenses. Important to highlight that the prepaid capex in the quarter was motivated by the opportunity to realize attractive discounts with suppliers. In addition to the first quarter 2021 adjusted free cash flow figures, I would like to highlight some important recent events regarding capital allocation. This year, we have completed our repurchase program as announced on May 20th, having purchased a total of 3.6 million shares at an average price of $55.4 per share. From this number of shares, 18% was executed in the first quarter 2021, totaling 232 million reais. Also, in the second quarter of 2021, we sold most of our minority stake in Cloudwalk, a payments startup in Brazil, for 209 million reais, realizing a gain of approximately 200 million reais. On page 24, I would like to highlight some key messages of today's presentation. First, our core SMB business experienced strong growth in the first quarter 2021, despite short-term impacts from COVID. Based on transactional data from our clients and examples of economic comeback in countries where vaccination is more advanced, we have made an informed decision to increase investments in our business, so we will be ready to grow faster once our economy comes back to normal levels. Second, the strong signs of traction and engagement of current users of our ABC platform, coupled with digitization trends, have encouraged us to continue evolving our solutions to create a unified financial operating system for SMEs, online and offline. Third, we are excited with the increased breadth of our bricks and mortar software solutions, as well as the steps we have taken in helping clients go digital and with how the Lynx acquisition will enhance our ecosystem. Finally, we are confident with the continued evolution of our business in 2021, both in terms of our growth and our team's ability to deliver a strong value proposition to our clients. For these reasons, we have decided to provide you some additional outlook for the year of 2021, as shown on slide 25. Our outlook excludes any impact from Link's acquisition, as this transaction was not yet closed. For the full year 2021, we expect between 1.4 and 1.5 million active payment clients, including Ton, approximately 950,000 clients, excluding TON, a take rate ex-corona voucher for the full year between 1.85 and 2%, and a significant acceleration in total revenue and income growth compared to the growth levels we saw in 2020. With that said, operator, can you please open the call up to questions? Yes, sir. At this time, we're going to open it up for questions and answers. If you would like to ask a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. 
If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. And to withdraw your question, please press star then two. And at this time, we'll pause momentarily to assemble our roster. And the first question will come from Jorge Curie with Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, congrats on the numbers. I wanted to ask two questions, if I may. The first one is on the provisions you took for your lending business. How, how do we get comfort that the amount of provisions taken is enough to cover some of the extraordinary risks that have uh, um, surfaced due to COVID? Is there a way for us to get what, how the MPL ratio has moved um, or what is your coverage ratio, meaning um, provisions sitting on the balance sheet vis-a-vis um, the current non-performing loans. Um, any guidance on, on how those metrics look like and uh, would, would be helpful in trying to get our arms around potential more provisions going forward. And, and my second question is on, um, and, and, and thank you for the 2021 Outlook page. Uh, from that page, the take rate uh, of 1.85% and 2%, I wanted to get uh, a little bit of color on what drives each of those two numbers? Is it just purely your expectation on, you know, if mix is better, then we get to 2%, if not, it's 185, or what, what's, uh, what's driving those two numbers so, so we can also, as the year progresses, figure out if you're likely to come at the high end or the low end of those two numbers? Thank you. Hello, can you hear? Yes. 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 Sorry, yes, uh, Rafael was answering you, but I think that you were not listening. So I will take this first question and the second one too. Thank you for the question. So first, regarding provisions in our credit product, there's two, two really important messages. We are very confident with the level of risk-adjusted return net of funding costs that we are showing. And we decided to open the cohorts for you to see the impact on different cohorts from the first quarter uh, 2020 uh, to this quarter 2021. And basically, when you see the second quarter uh, 2020 cohorts, uh, be in mind, we already received 82% of the cash flows of that quarter. And we think we did everything we needed in terms of provisions because of the second wave of COVID. So we are very confident with the level of provisions we did. We think that it's all done in terms of uh, making sure that the book um, took all the impact of the second wave into account. In terms of take rates, the two main drivers here is really uh, our ability to scale the SMB operation, as you are seeing that we are increasing growth on May, uh, and we decided to show the two-year CAGR growing 50% regardless of the impact of COVID in 2020 and 2021, and our ability to further penetrate additional working capital solutions in which we are doing well. So we decided to migrate clients to our new platform, which is much seamless to our clients to take all their money in and their working capital based on those volumes. 
we will be ready for the new dynamic with the registry of receivable now on June 7. And with more collateral, we can provide more working capital to our clients in the form of prepayments and, and credit and working capital products. So we are very confident with uh, the range that we have provided. And as always, we are much more committed to the top of the range as we always did. So very confident with the provisions and the level of take rate and client-based growth that you have provided. Thank you, Tiago. Thanks for the clear response. Thank you, Jorge. The next question will come from Tito Liberta with Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Hi. Uh, good evening. Uh, thank you for, for the call and taking my question. Uh, a couple of questions also. I guess one on the margin and the impact from sort of the additional investments uh, that you did in the quarter. It, would you say those investments, I guess, in, in your headcount, was that a one-time and one queue and, and that should go away? Um, you showed in, I think it's slide 26, that was about a 5% impact to margin. Uh, we could just help us think about that going forward. Um, and then, you know, along those lines, I, I guess, is a more recurring level of margin, you know, closer to what you, you show here, like around that 36%, given you had like another 9% impact related to COVID and provisions? And how quickly can you get back? to those levels, um, you know, given the take rate seems to be increasing from here on out. Um, and then second question, with the partnership with Banco Inter, you know, th thanks for the color on that. Is there any interest to, to go get closer to the consumer? You know, in the slide, it seems, you know, you want to offer a complete platform for merchants, and then you know, Inter can have a complete platform for consumers. But, you know, I guess maybe particularly as you're growing ton more, do you need to have more products for, for the consumer? Is that any part of the rationale there? Or is it strictly just to benefit your merchant base? Thank you. Thank you, Tiro. Uh, can you guys hear me now? Sorry yeah. for uh, the, the previous question. My mic was not working. So uh, answering your first question, Tiro, uh, we'll continue to invest in our business, of course, but I think that in the first quarter, uh, this was unusually uh, high in terms of impact and margins. Uh, because of the lower revenue, because of the provisions. So I would say that we see margins going up already in the second quarter, and uh, the margins in the first quarter do not represent what we see as a steady-state margin. So uh, we'll – and also this quarter, as we disclosed, we have uh, invested a lot in our business, even though we are going through this COVID scenario, right? Because basically we don't think that – those uh, movements should influence our ability to invest in the long term. But again, this, we are seeing margins going up again in the second quarter. And, and Hafa, if I can just complement on this uh, topic on investments, I think uh, just to reemphasize that we uh, are really excited about uh, continuing to invest in growth, right? So the, the mindset here for our investments in the first quarter, Tito, was really to front load uh, investments to be able to grow in the second quarter, in the second half of the year, and throughout 2022. So I think this is a very important message to come across as we continue to be very confident uh, regarding uh, growth looking ahead. And, I, and moving on to your question regarding Inter, I think just to, to uh, talk a little bit of our, about uh, what we see in terms of this uh, deal, 
we admire a lot the, the Inter team. I think they have a very similar culture and vision as we do, and they built a great business focus on consumers. So same industry, but very different business models focused on different uh, client segments as, as us. But we have, as we have been working a lot to drive the digitization of our merchants, we've been learning with them a lot about how to think about that commerce revolution from the consumer perspective. So a lot of what we, are, we want to build together with them, with these co commercial uh, partnerships, has to do with really bringing this conversion of helping to drive the digitization of our merchant base by connecting our clients uh, to InterShop and helping InterShop consumers, on the other hand, to undergo this uh, uh, more uh, multi-channel, omni-channel journey of consumption. So uh, that's really where the mindset is, and we think that there's a lot that we can build together with them. And Leah, just to add some points here. Tito, thank you for your question. So I think that as we always said, levels around 25 to 30% margins are healthy levels. So we're committed to this, to this range, as uh, we always said, that we think that in, in line with this, we have healthy margins, but we are always searching for new avenues of growth. And if we can find ways to grow faster, then margins will be much close to the to the bottom of this this range and if we can uh, if we don't find too much avenues of growth margins will be upper but we are always committed to health margin levels as we said before and we will continue to find new avenues of growth and balance growth and margins at the same time it's not very easy to do it but i think that with discipline uh we can do it and uh, and uh yes we expect margins to go up on a quarter of a quarter basis we think that we have this uh, huge, uh, almost one-time effect of the COVID and provisions that, as I said, I think that everything we, we should have done, we did it in the first quarter. Now we expect margins to go up to the levels we are used to help. And regarding, regarding Banco Inter investment, I think that, as Leah said, we like the team, we like the culture and what they are building. We think that we have now a better opportunity to learn more about the financial revolution from the consumer perspective. We said last quarter that we want to be a protagonist in the convergence between consumers and merchant ecosystems. So I think that we will have the ability to be close and to learn a lot. Thank you, Tito, for the great question. Great. Thank you, Tiago, Leo, and Rafael. That's very helpful. If I can just have one quick follow-up on, on the Inter again, but kind of linking it to the links. I don't know how much you can comment there, but just, just given this whole omni-channel experience and we'll link you, you know, get to more software, you know, how important is like the inter-shop to, to that whole omni-channel experience for your merchants? Great question, Tito. So difficult to talk about links yet. We are still waiting for antitrust, uh, for regulatory approval, but you know that we, we are working hard to make sure that we help our clients to sell more through digital channels. So to digitize their, uh, their inventory and sell through digital channels is something that we want to do. We are really working hard on that direction. So the combination of being present in the POS and ERP solutions with the, the OMS and the e-commerce platforms and being close to a marketplace help us in that direction. So it's a time to learn and work hard, but we believe that the next phase of the business will be about helping clients to sell online. So all the movements we did, they are going to that direction. So 
I think that we, we will always have a very strong core in financial services, and we are evolving our core platforms, and we believe that the SMB space in the, is the best space in the market, but we are evolving the business towards helping our clients to sell more. And I think that those two investments give us a lot of learning, and we can work hard with both teams to try to make this work. Great. Thank you, Tiago. Very helpful. The next question will come from Reina Kumar with Evercore. Please go ahead. Good evening. Thanks for taking my question. Um, I have two. Um, the first one is, could you help us um, think about how free cash flow, adjusted free cash flow, could look for the remainder of the year? Um, obviously, you already addressed um, the heightened cap, capital expenditures in the first quarter, but how should we think about it um, for the remainder of the year? And um, my, my second question is um, if you can help us frame the evolution of converting your client base into heavy users, which use payments, banking, and credit. Clearly, there, there's an important dynamic supporting revenue growth acceleration here. And we know that rate was 8% in the first quarter, um, up from 5% in the fourth quarter. So is there a target penetration rate um, that you have in mind for this year and next? Thank you. Thank you, Rina, for your question. Rafael here. So let me answer your first question regarding free cash flow. So this quarter, we, we had an unusually uh, low free cash flow because uh, of higher capex. Always when we, we have opportunities, commercial opportunities with suppliers, we advance payments, and that's what we did this quarter. But when we look uh, for the year uh, without those seasonalities, uh, we really intend to have a high conversion rate, uh, cash conversion rate, as we, we had in previous years. So our business is a cash generative business, and we expect that to continue uh, in the future. So when you look at our uh, just a net income and you see our free cash flow, we do expect it uh, to have higher conversion rates. And, and maybe I'll take the second question, Reina, regarding uh, heavy users. I think that's a great question. The, the two big elements here, Reina, are about our customer service operation and how we interact with, with our clients uh, on a very day-to-day uh, -day basis and, and very effectively, and about technology and products. So we talked a little bit uh, in the presentation about how we, are, we have migrated already 70% uh, of our clients to the experience of the ABC platform. And what happens is through the experience of this platform, our clients can access digitally all of their solutions, all of the financial solutions that we offer through that experience of the ABC uh, platform. So once we onboard a new client, it tends to be the case that they start with us through a payments relationship, right? But over time, that payments relationship evolves to banking, uh, loans, uh, and other solutions. So the fact that we can interact with them through the customer relationship team and the fact that they have this integrated experience through the ABC platform are really the two big elements that will drive further penetration of heavy users in our overall uh, client base looking forward. And we're very excited that this evolution continues to happen uh, on a consistent basis. And Rina, Tiago here. Very just helpful. To add some, some quick comments. Regarding CAPEX, we always, and free cash flow, we always had a very strong cash conversion rate in our business, and we expect to keep the level of conversion rate that we have. And this quarter, we have an impact of the deal we made with Grupo Globo, because basically we, uh, we are buying uh, uh, the, the, the ownership that Grupo Globo had in tone. 
migrating this ownership to the Stone Cold level. And under this, we are prepaying uh, the marketing um, investments with the cash that we have received from Grupo Globo. So it's a really uh, net effect is almost zero, but we have to recognize this as a capex, but we raised the capital from them to do it. And regarding the heavy users, I think it's really about investing more and more in technology to make sure that the convergence between the solutions are very strong in a very simple product. That's what we are building into this new uh, financial operating system that we started with the ABC uh, platform. And you can see that now we have 15% of our SMB clients with credit using our credit product already. But we disclosed the new metric, which is 67% of our clients use prepayments. So you can see the potential of working capital in our client base. And we still have some clients that they don't use credit or prepayments with us because they use in another bank. With the registry of receivables, we will have the ability to offer more prepayments. And we've, we, by seeing the collateral, we can have better working capital products for them. So if we have the best products, if we have the best service, if we are devoting to make the life of our clients better, I think that engagement with our solutions will increase. So it's about devotion to product, customer service, and making sure that we deliver everything on a very simple way with the best service possible to our clients. Very helpful. Thank you. The next question will come from Craig Maurer with Autonomous Research. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi, good evening. Thanks for taking my questions. A um, couple questions. Um, first, on uh, competition, um, you know, while it's hard for uh, me to see any real improvement in the actual offering from incumbents, I am curious on your view on the threat from embedded finance, from the likes of companies like InBev, who are going to, sounds like, start to offer financial services directly uh, to merchants who are buying their goods. Um, second, if you could comment on um, what the take rates look like on the non-acquiring TPV. Um, that you're seeing through uh, your cards or through bill pay or other things. And lastly, um, cost of sales look to be up significantly as a percentage of TPV or a percentage of transaction revenue. So maybe uh, a, a comment or two to help think about how we should look at that going forward. Thanks. Hi, Craig. Tiago here. Thank you for the questions. So I will start first in the competition part. I think that we still compete with the big incumbent players here in the market. Uh, those are the players that we see day-to-day -day, um, and we face competition. But I think you know, that we have the ability to increase client pays and increase engagement of the solutions really because of the quality of the products and the service we offer. So if we think uh, in terms of acquiring business itself, Competition is what has always been. So take rates in acquiring has uh, a small decrease, but much more than offset by the results from the additional solutions. That we are so focused about providing more engagements with new solutions, being the credit and the additional uh, prepayments the most, the most relevant in terms of uh, monetization. But we are putting a lot of efforts to increase our ability to create more engagement in the money, money in features, in the money out features. We want to be present in the life of our merchants in all the financial needs they, they have. And when we see 
um, some effects on take rates, there are two things uh, in terms of acquiring. First is that we have higher debit mix, that's one, and we have a slight mix shift towards bigger SMBs that they have a little bit lower take rate, but they have a much bigger LTV. Uh, and we always start the relationship through the payment first. So as we grow our client base fast, you have uh, a weight in this payment first type of relationship that then we upsell working capitals to them. So that's why you see the dynamics of take rates going up, not in the speed of the client base, but coming up uh, fast as you see increasing prepayments in credit and all the working capital solutions. The take rates in the money, the banking money and the banking money out today is still small, but the most, most important uh, um, strategy now is to create more engagement. So we want to scale the money in and money out features as fast as we can, and then we will have many more, much more ability to monetize those volumes. So we are uh, working hard to create more functionalities to our clients, such as payroll, for example, which will be a great avenue for us. And we think we can deliver this in the second half of the year. Thanks. And the cost of sales that were up as a percentage of uh, transaction revenue and TPV? Hi, Craig. Rafael here. So uh, when you look at our cost of services, we do have uh, many investments there, especially in customer service and technology team. That, that you, it, has in, it goes in that line as well as, as software investments. So when you look on a year-over-year -year basis, uh, those are the main uh, effects. When you look on a quarter-over-quarter -quarter basis, we have also investments in new solutions like TAG, our registry of receivables, uh, and also banking, right? So those are the main effects that we see in that line is not only a transactional, like technology transactional uh, costs, but also those, uh, those costs that I've just mentioned. Thank hey, you. Craig, All last, very helpful. last yeah. comment just... Just to be precise, so we expect to keep increasing take rates on our SMB operation based on that experience of creating more engagement with solutions, increasing client pays. So we expect that take rates on the SMB operation will continue to grow and competition is mainly with the incumbents today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Craig. The next the next question will come from Jess Cantwell with Guggenheim. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, you're, you're always very thorough in your prepared remarks. Thanks very much uh, for that. Maybe let's just go back. Can you tell us more about what you're seeing in the current operating environment and help us understand what's been driving that improvement in TPB in April and in May versus March? I I wanted to see if you could drill down on that for us because we've been focused on what's happening with your core, you know, call it ex-corona voucher growth um, in TPB. Is it SMB driven? Where do you think you're gaining market share right now? Uh, and is there any noticeable change in mixed debit versus credit? Just trying to get a sense of what happened since the end of the first quarter. Uh, could you help us, you know, get a sense for why you feel that the company is moving past the bottom, so to speak? Thanks. Uh, hi, Jeff. This is Leah. Thank you for the question. So uh, regarding TPV evolution, the more recent TPV evolution, I think like we said in the beginning of, of today's presentation, what we're seeing is, a, is, is the effect of this fact that when restrictions ease, the comeback tends to be fast. So yes, the TPV growth is being driven uh, by SMBs largely, uh, and, and we do expect that as restrictions ease, 
that this comeback will, con will continue to come and it will be fast. And that is why we emphasize the fact that we're investing, continuing to grow our operations. So I think that uh, that's kind of what we can highlight in terms of, in terms of the color of, of TPV growth. And Jeff, Thiago okay, here. So the growth of TPV yeah. is mainly based on the SMB operation scaling fast. If it wasn't for the second wave of COVID in the first quarter, the growth would be much stronger. But we expect this growth in terms of client base and TPV to increase. I think we have more engagement of our clients. Our clients now are a, bit, a little bit bigger, which is much better for us in terms of our ability to help them with the needs they have. So the evolution of TPV and the growth that you're seeing in April, May is mainly driven by the comeback of the volume from the SMB base. If it wasn't for the lockdowns and the, and the second wave of COVID in the first quarter, the growth would be much bigger. So we expect to increase growth um, uh, along the year. Got it. Got it. Great. Um, and then uh, my other question was, you know, I guess this is a high-level one, but why increase investments now? I guess the question is, what's what's the calculation that you're making about, you know, the, the future normalized environment? It seems the timing of these investments, and this is product launch, uh, you know, the unified financial operating system, and somebody announced partnerships and links. I guess the point is that, you know, those will drive faster rates of top-line growth for you guys, which makes sense. So I just wanted to see if you can tell us more about this timing and where these investments can turn into incremental revenue opportunities for you. Could you maybe highlight some of the areas where you're seeing opportunity in the market? Thanks. Great, Jeff. That's actually a great question. So it's mainly two factors, Thiago here speaking. One is experience and learnings from the first wave of lockdown last year. So last year, when COVID hit and lockdowns happened, we decided to resize our operation, and the operation was smaller. So once the client base came back, um, we, were, uh, we were short in terms of our ability to serve and expand the client base. And we, we learned that, that lockdowns are effects that happen. It's very, very tough, but it passed. And we want to be the fastest player when the economy bounced back. And we are learning from other countries that once you scale vaccination, then the economic recovery is fast. So uh, I think that we are in the right direction of investing more in the operation. I think that the growth of April and May showed that it makes sense. So we will continue to invest in our operation. We are balancing, as we always say, always say margin and growth. But based on the experience of last year and the data that we are seeing from our clients, and this year the impact was uh, much less than last year. So our, our base were reducing volumes around 20%. We decided to keep investing to be the fastest player when the economy bounced back. And uh, we're keeping in this plan. And it looks like by the client's data that this is the direction that we should uh, continue to follow. Okay, great. Thanks for all the call. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. The, the next question will come from Jamie Friedman with Susquehanna. Please go ahead. Great. Thank you very much for taking my question. I just had two quick ones. Um, the April and May TPV growth rates look great. How should we think about Q2 take rates? Is there still any major voucher impact that we should be thinking of? And then the second question is, when it comes to active clients, it looks like for 2021, you're now targeting about 950,000, excluding tone. Can you talk a little bit about the cadence for those and like how those ads work through Q2, Q3, Q4? 
Hi, Jamie. Rafael here. Thank you very much for your question. So regarding your first question on take rates, uh, yes. So we do expect uh, take rates to go up in the second quarter. Uh, I would say that the, the first quarter was sort of the bottom in, term, in terms of take rates. Uh, Corona voucher volumes, there, there, there could be, but not very relevant as we saw uh, last year. Uh, but so that that's pretty much a trend that we are seeing. That's why uh, we are very comfortable in providing the guidance that we did in uh, of uh, take rates for the full year between 1.85 and 2%. Uh, and we are already seeing this uh, in the second quarter. Okay. Let, let me add some comments here, Jamie. So two things. As we, are, as we, we gave you some uh, visions about the take rates for the year, we obviously expect a, a significant increase in take rates. In the following quarters, uh, we are seeing the take rate uh, in the second quarter has a, a relevant improvement compared to the first quarter. We don't expect to have uh, too much Corona voucher uh, this year, so the take rate, uh, the take rate X Corona voucher um, or with Corona voucher should not be too different this year uh, by what we expect. And um, and Pagami will continue to grow volume. Maybe not in the pace that we were used last year, but we'll continue to grow volume. So when we say that we expect to have in this range more close to 2% take rate, take rate is basically the SMB uh, operation increasing the LTV, increasing the engagements of new solutions. So, yes, we expect a relevant increase in take rates in the second quarter and onwards until the fourth quarter of the year. And, Jeff, right. I believe... It- I believe you made a question regarding uh, active uh, base at the end of the year, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Thank you. So, so just to address that point, so yes, we we, we uh, provided this guidance of 950,000 clients by the end of the year, excluding uh, Tone. And uh, the, you asked about the cadence of that. We do expect that this cadence, uh, that the net ads will continue to increase throughout the year, right? So re- reemphasizing the message that Tiago talked about, uh, we expect that restrictions will ease more and more as vaccinations become uh, more widespread in Brazil. And once that happens, we really are front-loading for growth. So we expect to reach the end of the year at about 3.5 thousand agents on the streets in the fourth quarter of 2021. And so we expect this cadence of net ads to increase uh, throughout the year. Uh, regarding that number, there are two uh, effects that we also uh, want to talk about, which is important which is, um, of course, there was a, a impact from uh, the first, the second wave of lockdowns in the first quarter, and we are driving some of the net ads uh, uh, of, of stone into tone, the, the smaller client base, right, some of the inside sales clients that provide much better economics in the stone offering than in the stone offering, so that also impacted that, that, that 950,000 number. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, James. The next question will come from Mario Pyrie with Bank of America. Please go ahead. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, good afternoon. Let me ask you just – let me go back to, to the credit uh, business and the pickup in provisions here. Like just doing the math, right, you, you basically built provisions of $116 million. This represents almost 8% of your average portfolio. Uh, if I just look first quarter versus fourth quarter. So my question then is, you know, was this a specific client that you had a problem with? Is this a specific segment 
what are you what have you learned during this process? You know, why why do you need to build so much provisions, you know, so quickly? Does it mean that you were under provisioning or you were, you know, too optimistic with your assumptions? Does it mean that you need to change your pricing going forward? Uh, and does it does it change your appetite for lending? Um, you know, we, we did see a marginal slowdown in originations this quarter. Does it mean then that, you know, this should continue or, or, or are we, you know, you think you've fixed a problem, one-time event, let's go back to business as usual. Hi, Mario. Uh, thanks for your question. Rafael here. So uh, the provisions that we built, this is mainly provisions uh, for older cohorts, right? So we have to have our best estimate when we, we, we have our numbers out. And, uh, of course, we didn't uh, estimate a second wave of COVID back in the past. So that's why we are provisioning here. So when we look uh, going forward, we see newer cohorts, despite uh, having all this in our model and the COVID impact and so on, we see our newer cohorts with better returns. So, for example, as Thiago said, if, if you look at clients of the second quarter last year cohorts, we've already received back over 80% of the cash uh, that we should receive. Uh, and uh, so we are comfortable with, with those levels. So it does not change our appetite for credit for growing our solution. Uh, we remain uh, very optimistic about the prospects there. So just to remind you, uh, the, the market is really, really big, so our credit solution is really uh, in the early beginnings, uh, so the opportunity is big. And the returns, even net of those delinquency, expected delinquencies that we have, we see returns around 2% a month net of delinquency. So this is uh, a very healthy return, and we remain very, uh, very enthusiastic about the, that solution, uh, working capital solutions for our clients. Mario, okay, just like to complement a little bit, Thiago here speaking. I think that uh, the reason why we decided to open the cohort for different, uh, for different quarters is to show you that the major impact was the first quarter of 2020. Basically, at that time, our model was not ready to deal with lockdowns and what happens with certain type of clients when they are close to a, a big period of time. So some of our clients, they are not in business anymore. So we had to adapt our models through first quarter and, and the beginning of the second quarter. And I think that the adjustments we did was based on the learnings and the effects on the last year cohorts. And I think that that's done. It do not reduce our appetite for this product as Rafael have. Um, it's actually the opposite because when you go through such difficult environment and you can operate with healthy uh, level of returns, you can see that the worst cohort is 0.5% a month return it increases your ability to provide more working capital to your clients. But we have to do it based on three things. First is to create a product that our clients need, understand, and like. That's the first thing, create a product that our clients see value and wants to take it to do more businesses. The second thing is our ability to create these products with profitability that we feel safe in order to scale our operation. And the third thing is our ability to raise capital from third-party partners that can limit our exposure to credit risk and to funding. That's why we are happy for our ability to raise more capital. As Leah said, we have now more than 800 million reais committed uh, from investors, and I think that we are doing exactly what we did in prepayments in the past. We put some of our money in the beginning as kind of our working capital for this product, 
And we have scaled this product with third-party capital exactly like we did in prepayment. So actually very confident with working capital solutions and credit. I think that the learnings we, we had during uh, the COVID and the lockdowns was very, very valuable for the future. Okay. Um, if I look right at your loan book in the first quarter, it was about 300 million reais. Second quarter was about 500 million. So, so you're averaging about, let's call it like 450, and then now you have to increase your provisions by 116. Uh, it just seems like a very large figure for, for the size of the loan book. Uh, so, so then I, I go back to the question, was this specific to one client or really it was across the board? Uh, hi, Mario. No, this was not a specific, a specific to one client. So uh, our client base is very pulverized. If, if you, we look at client concentration, for example, in credit is nothing. It's really, really small. Uh, so it's, it's really uh, has to do with the lockdowns uh, scenario that affected many, many thousands of merchants uh, and, and no specific client or, or concentration there. And Mario, just to give you another information, and I will triple check this with the team and we can connect offline then, but I think that the biggest size check that we give in terms of credit should be something around 150,000, something like that. So we don't have bigger clients, right? So I think that what we had in last year was really, uh, we didn't have the experience to deal with lockdowns and with some segments that are very exposed to not selling uh, through their brick and mortar operation, and we learned. So it's not concentrated into one client or one segment. It's much more about learning how to navigate through lockdowns with the credit product. And I think that the returns we expect for this quarter represents uh, the learnings we had. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mario. The next question will come from Niha Agawar with HSBC. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you for taking my question. Uh, I will quickly follow up on Mario's previous question. Could you give us a sense of what is the NPL ratio for your loan book uh, around, uh, just a rough range and how that has changed to get, get, us, get a sense of if we can see any additional provisioning in the coming months. Uh, and then my, my second question is, uh, on Pasaburo's move to the SMB segment, I believe uh, in, in the first half of this year they have also been more aggressive in opening more hubs, hiring more people on the street. Has that in any way uh, impacted uh, your your merchants, the clients that you target, and have you been hearing more about them from your merchants? So any color on that competition from Pasaburo would be helpful. And then lastly on Intel, with this partnership, do you have an ambition to go beyond being a pure B2B player and maybe developing a relationship with the end consumers? Maybe not today, maybe in three, four years' time. Is that a vision that, that you have? Thank you so much. Hi, Neha. Uh, thank you for your question. Rafael here. Let me answer your first question. So. Uh, when we look uh, at our expected delinquency rates, they, they, they are a little above 10%, so around 12% or so. Uh, when we look at pre-COVID levels, last year we were talk, talking about like 8%. So this is sort of the increase that we've seen. Uh, as I said, when we look at, at second quarter 2020 cohorts, we have already received over 82% uh, of what we have lent. So 
that, that that's sort of the increase in risk that we have seen. Niha, regarding your second question, this is Tiago speaking here. I think that regarding competition, as I said, uh, competition is a, are in the same level that we have always experienced. Our biggest competition are still with the the bigger banks and incumbent players. We don't like to comment too much uh, about our competitors' uh, movements. We pay attention uh, in everything, but we keep our minds focused on serving our clients in the best way possible we can. And I think that we do have the best value proposition for SMBs based on the product, the service, the engagement we have with them. And, and I think that the growth levels we have showed our ability to be the major player in the SMB space, and we will continue to be protagonist in this revolution of financial services for SMBs in Brazil. So I think that those are the comments regarding competition. And about Banco Inter, it's not that we are moving towards consumers, that we are learning how consumers interact with merchants in the best way possible so we can serve our merchants better. Because in the end of the day, more than helping our clients with the financial needs they, they have, we want to help them to sell more. And in order to help them to sell more, we need to learn more about consumers. But it's always about helping our merchants to thrive and to grow. So this is about learning. This is about creating synergies. This is about helping our clients to sell uh, through digital channels. And I think that we will have very positive evolutions of this uh, partnership with Banco Inter and other partnerships that we can do with consumer-facing companies that want to be close to our merchant base. Understood. One, one additional question on the credit. The the average duration of your portfolio seems to be going up. It was, I think, seven earlier. Last quarter it was eight. This quarter it is nine. So any cover on that? Why is the duration increasing and where should it normalize in the coming year? Thank you. Hi, Niha. Thank you. So the, there, there is some effect there that uh, when our clients uh, uh, take the credit for the second time, so they have already paid us back uh, fully, and then they take the second credit for a second time, we usually extend a little more uh, term for them. So that's that's how uh, that's why we see that uh, effect there. Uh, and of course, as we get comfortable and as we learn, as Thiago said, we become uh, we release a little more the terms, the average ticket that is still small, uh, a little over, uh, below twenty thousand reais. So that, that's uh, something that we, we, we are evolving over time, and that's why you see that number uh, going up. One additional comment, as Rafael said, uh, about the, the duration of the product. So two, two things. One is the average size we give is roughly about one month of sales of our clients. And now we are seeing um, that our clients that pay entirely the products, a big percentage, they want a new offering of credit. So they are rolling over the operation, paying entirely the first one and taking a second credit operation. And with that, we increase a little bit the duration in order for them to pay on an easier uh, pace for them and for their cash flow. Because if they pay entirely the first product and they took it again, we are much more comfortable of the risk of those clients. So we can let them pay uh, with a lower percentage of volumes because in the end of the day, we have much less NPLs from those clients. So it's about adjusting the credit for the cash flow of the clients. And always for the best clients, we need to bring a better deal. So it's about adjusting the product mm -hmm. for, the, for the better clients. 
what is the maximum duration that you offer? Should be around ten months. I, I don't think we have much something something much bigger okay. than this. I think average nine months, so maximum ten yeah. months. Great. Thank you so much for the answers. Thank you, Niha. Thank you. Thanks, Niha. There are no questions at this time. This concludes the question and answer session. I would now like to turn it over to your host for final considerations. Please go ahead. Hello, everyone. Tiago here. Just want to say a big thank you uh, to everyone and a big, big, big thank you to our team and to the support of, and to, to our investor. Uh, the support we have from our investors is amazing. But really, the start of the show here is our team putting a lot of hard work in terms of serving our clients through difficult times. And you keep counting on us on hard work and helping merchants in Brazil to win this situation and become better. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. See you next quarter. The conference has now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect.